Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall with my guys, Mike and Robbie, to talk some kicks. What's good, fellas? Yo, man, I'm out here just living life in, in my house still, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> oh, Robbie, you alive? No, I'm here. I was like, no, I totally blanked. I'm like, what's something funny I can say? <laughs> and I just went totally blank. I'm good. I just have my mind totally on figuring out the best way to store sneakers. I need to go back and listen to the old episode we did about storing sneakers. Because um, I thought I would have an easy time just picking out some shelves and life would be easy. But... Shipping's expensive, and closets have finite amount of space. Life's harder than I thought it was, so trying to figure that out. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, like the the office sneaker room is uh, is is I'm I'm sitting in it right now, but it's definitely a very much work in progress, and I haven't quite figured out where all the shelving and all the things i need are gonna go so i can totally relate i hate work in progress i don't want it not done or done <laughs> the, i've been in my office for over a year and i'm still trying to figure it out i'm just like i moved it around a couple times i'm in a decent spot now but it's still not the best use of my space so i'm trust me it, it takes a while to get it perfected we got a pretty good topic so let's just jump right into what you guys are rocking and copping this episode yeah, uh, today I just went to the grocery store, but I wore the second colorway of the Reebok Question OG Meets OG with that silver and pearlized blue toe on it. Um, on my radar are a couple things. One being the, uh, looks like they're re-releasing the um, Air Trainer 1 SB in the chlorophyll color. Not sh- exactly sure when it's coming out, but that one's definitely on my radar. And then the Boktober, any of them actually, like the Shaq Gnosis, Kamikaze, order question. All three of them were pretty dope to me. So that's what's on my radar. What about you, Robbie? I actually wore my off-white blazers um, yesterday. And that's the last time I actually wore a pair of real shoes. I'm realizing that my collection of free runs are going to be infinitely useful for around the house chores so i've been wearing like my shitty free runs for the past day and it's great man like that flexibility really helps when you're trying to like get underneath the crawl space and stuff and it's just like huh practical purposes of shoes like ninja shoes they exist it's not all about comfort which is funny because i was at the store um last time i wore my off-white blazers and I saw my friend is like, oh, man, how are those? Those are so thick. Are they comfortable? And I'm like, real talk, they're bricks. They are uncomfortable as fuck. I had to put other insoles in them, but they look cool. So free runs on the flip side don't look nearly as cool. But gosh, they are comfortable when you're trying to, like, crawl and maneuver and duck, dive, dodge, you know, whatever you're doing. <laughs> Very true. Nick? 
I didn't leave the house uh, other than to take the dog out. And I have uh, Air Max 94s by the door right now. So that's what I wore. Yeah, nothing nothing too spectacular, but just comfy walk the dog shoes. I don't know that I will pull the trigger on these, but I do think the, the James Bond 007 Adidas look pretty dope. Just like a Ultra Boost 2020 and the yeah. Ultra Boost DNA. Super Dude. clean. The box is dope on that one. I don't know if it's just a promo box, but I saw someone having like the box is worth the buy. Oh, really? I didn't see the box. I just saw the shoes. I actually, it's probably the first colorway of Ultra Boost 2020s that I actually like. I mean, I don't think they're a bad looking shoe, but most of them are kind of, eh, okay. This one is, oh, okay. I, I, I could get with that. Plus James Bond, man. I mean, James Bond. What else? He sells it. Yeah, I, I mean, he yeah. sells it by itself. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so we got a we got a pretty uh, a pretty good review to read today. We're still catching up on our uh, on our M and M's. What do we what do we wanna, like? We just had a like a hit streak with M and M with the M and M's episode, right? So anybody knows Mars Candy, uh, tell them to holler at us. We need sponsors. I don't even know how to uh, say what this name is, but it's H-F-I-E-J-T-B-E-K-U-R-B-D-I-W-B-F-J-E-B-F-H. And it's uh, <laughs> definitely not a real name. But... Elon Musk, kid? Like, I know you had a weird name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five-star review says, I already wrote a review, but I deleted it to write a new one. Love this podcast, but I love the Sneaker History Discord even more. It's a great community. Also, I just wanted to comment so that Robbie will follow up on his word and send me pretzel M&Ms. Thumbs up. <laughs> well, you got to tell me who you are. I can't even say that name. How am I supposed to ship? <laughs> I can't find you. I don't even know what's going on. I mean, yeah. you'll definitely be able to find him on the Discord, right? So whoever left this review, we're coming for you on Discord so you can get with Robbie to get some M&Ms. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm, I'm pretty good on the Discord. I've been getting infinitely better at being on it i i've been super busy with just random family stuff this last week and a half so i haven't been on there as much but i will be uh hopefully now that things have slightly simmered down a bit in my life but we're not ashamed well anyway we appreciate the review regardless of uh our ability or inability to pronounce your name here and of course robbie will send you some pretzel m&ms if if need be, if you're willing to give him your address, I should say. I might show up unannounced. I might not. If you have a second, uh, I should say, if you have a minute, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's super helpful. Let's us, you know, super helpful and helps us expand the audience of the podcast. If you're uh, interested, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash sneaker history. You can join the Patreon and you'll get access to the Discord. And that's what is saying here in this review. So uh, (laughs) anyway, we appreciate all of you taking the time to support us, whether it's with a review or listening to the episodes or chopping chopping it up with us on our our Discord. Um, And uh, that said, on to this episode and love it or hate it, we're going to talk about it. The Sneakerheads, Netflix, complex slash Netflix movie, film, series. Can I can I jump in before we get balls deep into that? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. It's, it's just because it's mildly related. I watched the latest episode of Full Size Run, which is another complex network show with Huncho on it. And man, Huncho's a really personable dude. I really enjoyed listening to him. Was, uh, I didn't get to, I don't know him very well other than I see him rock really crazy stuff. So getting to know him better as a sneaker head and person was a really fun listen. But two takeaways. Takeaway number one was when's Mike's Reebok deal coming? Because you got Brendan over there. I'll balk everything. And then Mike over here with Bach Jr. Hey, we bide our time over here, man. You know what? I'm being patient. I'm just appreciating the ride right now. 
because the start of Boktober, it's very box spooky. Um, spooky. <laughs> eating bok choy. Um, there's a, a lot of Reebok going on. So I think, man, Mike's Mike's next up after seeing that episode. <laughs> Reebok dude. Um, and then the second thought was uh, they were talking about how the women's Air Jordan 13 with like the Vapor Max outsole, whatever it was called, we were talking about it a couple of days ago and how it sold out. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that shoe, they were talking about how that looks like a bootleg shoe. The women's Jordan Rain is what it's called. Um, that, that looks like a Canal Street bootleg. And then For it got sure. me thinking about the time I bought a fake pair of Jordan 4s. And then Matt Welty went all the way in. And he was like, yeah, when when like Nice Kicks and other blogs used to sell fake shoes. And I was like, man, that's just like the popular thread going around today of all <laughs> fake shoes in the past. So it's just... Full size run is typically a little too much for me, but today's episode was a good episode by Complex. Before we go shit on the other Complex show, we're about to talk about. <laughs> I want to give props to that Huncho episode because that was a funny one. What, is this a what you call it? Uh, affirmation sandwich? You say a good thing, a terrible thing, and give them a good thing at the end. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with me. But I was like, man, this the good old days of buying fake shoes on accident or on purpose, whatever you were doing and <laughs> yeah i was completely on accident i did not buy those things on i did not purposely buy fake shoes but it has happened it'll happen to you one day probably too Dude, so yeah that's what i had it's impossible to avoid it right i mean mm-hmm. uh, inevitably you're you're looking all over the place to find stuff and you know like my first experience getting a pair of fakes was probably like maybe like 2000 three or so um jordan one the when did those black patent leather jordan ones come out the original release yeah oh it was like like three somewhere around there right so like i i i ended up buying a pair off of ebay and they showed up and they were like bootleg like booty bootleg <laughs> and I, I messaged the person like asap and was like nah this is not right and it was it was like a lady she didn't really know what was going on you know it could have been that she could have been totally scamming but she was basically like i didn't have any idea i just was selling them for my son blah 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 and so she actually refunded my money and i sent the shoes back to her but uh, that, that was like kind of my only experience ended up getting a pair of fakes. Um, you know, I, honestly, like I probably don't go after a lot of the stuff that's, that's been faked. Although now, and I think to your point about it being like a hot topic, I think, I think there's just so many fake sneakers out there and so many, uh, you know, like fake websites. Like if you search for a lot of shoes, fake websites come up before real websites and or or sellers of fake shoes i should say come up before you know like the blogs even so um to me that's kind of the the biggest part of it if you're not into sneakers and you never pay attention and you're like oh i just saw somebody release the pigeon dunks i'm gonna go to google and look for pigeon dunks. And next thing you know, you're on a site that's like $88, only sizes up to 11, but we got pigeon dunks. Well, of course, you're thinking, cool, I just got a deal, you know? So I can't blame it. I mean, I guess we'll get more into it, but part of it is just the the sheer number of people that are trying to buy sneakers right now compared to what it used to be. So I don't know, is what it's it is. It's a beautiful feeling knowing <laughs> that I don't have any fake shoes. Oh, I got one pair and I, I'm not going to tell you, well, you guys know what it is, but I'm not going to tell anybody else what it is right now because I got to make a video on it because it's just hilarious because oh, yeah. like, we all thought it was something amazing. And we're like, wait a minute. This isn't yeah. right. I'm so y'all just so skeptical from the jump. <laughs> check, the, check the tapes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, I, I just to reiterate, I don't care what people are wearing like i'm not going to make fun of anybody for wearing anything especially you know in the current you know worldly situation we're all in i grew up 
half in a wear Kmart shoes. You know, I didn't have my, my family was not paying for real sneakers. That That's like, that was absurd to my family mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, I just think back to me as a kid, even though I knew that like my little, like, you know, Jordash or LA gear, Jordan fours were not Jordan fours. I still felt cooler wearing those than some plain ass shoes from some other brand. So I, I'm not going to knock anybody that's that can't afford it, especially now. Like, hell, most people can't even tell the difference between real and fakes. I don't think you should go buy fake sneakers knowingly. But like if your kids are trying to buy sneakers and they get got like it's not on them. There's no way to even be educated on that stuff because we're in a time that people would rather make money off of educating you on it or make money off of providing that service of, of authentication instead of just helping someone out, not get, you know, scammed. So it's just, it's just the way things have gone in sneakers, you know? And I think it's just the, at the end of the day, it just comes down to the the business of sneakers is so much more massive than it ever has been. And it continues to grow and continue to see shoes sell out. We continue to see people not be able to afford shoes. And that's where the bootleg sites come in and say, hey, we got, you know, $88, whatever, Heineken Dunks. And now your kid feels like he's stunting and he got a fake pair of shoes. So, all right. And that rant. <laughs> so the sneakerheads film, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this to you, Mike, because yeah. you got through the whole thing. Uh, Robbie and I didn't make it through the whole thing. I will eventually make it through the whole thing. Uh, just out of respect for the people that made the film. I feel like, I, I feel like I should. So, I don't know. I'm going to just tell you like that is DOA. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. You, you. Out of respect for yourself, you may not want to make it through the whole thing. <laughs> so you're not missing much. So, I mean, of course they make a sneakerhead show you know, self-titled sneakerheads. Anybody who collects shoes or blatantly is in the realm of shoes, you're going to watch it. So, like, cool. It made something to me, you know, we may enjoy. We can probably, you know, relate to some some degree in some way. And it immediately went sideways when I was watching, like, you watch the show. I know you guys made it at least through the first couple minutes. And it... I, it lost me when the wife was yelling at the husband. I guess his character name is Dev, if I'm not mistaken, for having a white cement on the family computer. Like you swore he was looking at something just obscene where the kids could find it. Watching some Pino. So I was like, wait, hold on. So A, this is dumb. Like wh- why did it make it like he was on drugs, first of all? Um... And B, just all like all the characters were actually awful. Like the the guy, the main character who was, you know, having, you know, the show revolved around and his issue of trying to find a white cement four that turned into a bunch of just nonsense. It he kept getting himself into issues, but then just kept wanting to give up. Given like, it, it just made no sense. He he was not trying to solve his own problem. Um no no disrespect to King Batch, but he's like a poor man's Chris Tucker. And I just nothing really made sense. All of the characters they put together were just like the worst versions of the different types of sneakerheads out there. And it was never it wasn't anyone that can relate to a normal person, in my opinion. I mean, at least what did you guys think of that from the jump? I mean, I know you didn't finish it, but you at least saw the characters. Let's let's rewind it a little bit then. So let's just kind of go through the main characters. So you have Devin, the former, I guess, self-proclaimed and self or I guess I guess communally known because from what I got from it he's been out the game for years but everybody he sees like they pick up right off like he never left which is cool exactly yeah but like whatever so Devin um, used to be sneakerhead now he's a dad responsibilities he wears sweater vests and shit I guess and Tom's yeah and Tom oh yeah the top man don't get me started on the oh and they got King Batch who plays Bobby who is like his former his old friend, and they become reacquainted as Devin is looking for the white cement four, right? Something like that. Correct, correct. He he pulls up in line, rocking a Foot Locker shirt, but he no longer works there. But I guess he like refs kids' basketball games, and that's why he still has the shirt. 
real talk, I burnt my Foot Locker shirt. That's not. <laughs> that's not like uh, a hyperbole. I legitimately burnt that shirt. <laughs> like I literally burnt it. jerseys. No, um, no. I think, like, I got, I think we got our clickbait title for this episode. really did that um and then you have nori who is uh like the reseller right like the reseller lady yeah but what's her actually what's what's the name she went by it was something else like i can't remember now it's not that important but basically she doesn't want anybody to know she's this person but yet she's always doing deals in person I, I don't know. That, that part made no sense to me because she's known as something else in the, I guess, the IG and Twitterverse, but she doesn't want people to know that's her. But yet and still, she does all her deals through phone and in person. But that's just a big plot hole there. But keep yeah. going. Like, oh, you don't know who I am. But then, like, let's just say, Mike, if uh, I never knew you and you respond to Mad Watcher online and then I sign up to meet you in person and you show up, like, you're a mad watcher, right? Uh, unless you're so rich, you have somebody else. <laughs> I got proxies. Your proxy. They, oh, Mr. Wayne couldn't be here. I'm out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because um, the name was something like Jimmy's Kicks or something, right? Yeah, like Kick Street. I can't remember what yeah. it was. Like, it was something like it was, it was a guy's name, basically. But and I, I don't know. It just that made no sense. That was one of the twenty plot holes in the movie or show. And then there's like the the white boy Stewie who like likes Nori, right? Yes. See, what's funny is I literally I'm looking at pictures of this on um, IMDb. I watched nine minutes and I fast forward to the last episode and watched about three minutes and I got all these plot points from about eleven. It's super predictable. Minutes I'm not gonna lie. Um, and then everybody else, I'm not gonna front. I don't know who they are. Um, in terms of like. Well, you got the sneaker shop owner who used to be apparently, I guess, Dev's ex-girlfriend from years ago. Oh, the blonde lady who was yeah, like the second who runs she un, unbeaten. Oh, Gia. Not to be confused with undefeated. Her name is Gia, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just like one of the many points where it's like he goes into her store. She is like the thirstiest lady on earth, like. I wish I got that kind of attention every time I went somewhere. She's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. Yada, yada, yada. You're looking great. I'm like, man, this, you need to tone it down. About- do you still wear size 13? And like, how do you remember this man's shoe size, you weirdo? Yeah, because I remember size 13 elsewhere. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't get her her angle there. Um, throughout the entire time I watch, the way they interacted with each other is not the way – like people talk about shoes to each other. No, Maybe not, it is. I'm not just out of it, but it is not the way. It's not okay, so so I I I agree. That's not how I talk about shoes to people. But I have definitely heard people talk very similarly living really? in LA. And yeah, I mean the lingo of like the younger generation of sneakerheads is very much I, I don't think they were 100% accurate but I think they were you know they hit the they hit the bullseye somewhere on the outer ring right <laughs> and I think the the hardest part about this whole thing is it's portraying something that I think I should relate to as a sneakerhead quote air quotes here but I'm also 41 years old and still living like I'm a 20 year old, you know, like, but I don't, I don't hang out outside of, you know, flight club. So uh, unbeaten is actually flight club in LA. And, you know, I thought that that was really weird because why not just partner with flight club, but maybe they couldn't work out a deal to have the branding up there. So they just bought the location and then threw their own stuff up. But anyway, like, I think that the lingo and the, the, the subjects, the characters are all like ballpark, but they're also trying to appeal to people outside of sneakers just as much as they are sneaker sneakerheads, if that makes sense. Yeah, but if they're going to do that, have better writing because that was like the worst script ever. 
Well, so that's the hard part, I think, about making a, a, a movie about sneakers is you have to have authenticity, right? In order to yeah. appeal to like we're hardcore compared to the average consumer. And I would not consider myself hardcore in the sneakerhead realm at this point, right? Like, yeah. you know, I talk to you guys a couple times a week and I post on Instagram once a week or something, but I don't, I don't like have ongoing conversations like I did, you know, when I was working at complex 10 years ago or eight years ago or whatever it was. So there's a big difference in the way that you live in that world. And I do, I do kind of give them a little bit of credit because that world in LA is very similar to the sneaker world in New York. In my experience living in New York, where, you know, like Russ and I would literally take a lunch break and walk down the block to go dig through, you know, tennis shops looking for sneakers. Like that was common occurrence. And I think LA has this very much this similar vibe of what they're portraying in the film or in the you know series. Yeah. But I think what was challenged, like for one, I made it a little bit further than Robbie. I don't know if I made it to episode three or not, but the, <laughs> the absolute falling off point, Robbie, you'll appreciate this. The absolute falling off point for me where I'm like, okay, well they lost me. Although I will watch the rest of it. They lost me when Paul Pierce is playing tennis wearing Adidas track pants or, or shorts with a Nike hoodie. <laughs> like, come on, come on. Didn't even right? try. I mean, didn't even try. we talk about this with, with shoes and socks. Right. But I think like, that's, that's like one step further. Right. So no, you know, like nothing against Paul Pierce, although like, I'm not a big fan. If you're going to create this character, right. They go to Mark Wahlberg's house. Who's not really Mark Wahlberg. I assume they just couldn't get him. I assume they just couldn't get him to sign on to be in it, but they just made it seem like this other dude was him. Which, in in a sense, is just like proof that it kind of fell short of what they were trying to do with the film, right? But that was the most creative part, like because I like when shows do that. They're like, "Oh no, is this person?" But very well, no one is not. That was the most creative part of the show. Yeah, oh for sure, mistake could have been a complete mistake. That was the most creative part. And having Michael Rapaport on there and Sal, I mean, the, like they've got extras and like Kenny Gonzalez on there, perfect pair. You know, the like all these surgeon. people are, are, yeah, shoe surgeon Dominic's on there. Like the, all these people are important, but like they're not, they're just put in as extras. And I think mm-hmm. because yeah, of that. Jimmy was in there as well. Jason Mark yeah, is in there. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, and it's just, it's just, I don't know. They, there's a lot of. There's a lot of things that I see with it that I just think, well, you didn't have enough like like real sneaker people coaching you through that, right? You could have spent, you know, a few grand to pay somebody to help you make sure you get those things right because like as a whole, like they're trying to paint this picture of a world that, you know, of course they're not going to get a hundred percent right, but like they need yeah. to be really, really accurate for the community of sneakerheads and the, and the influence that the community has to hop on board and say, yeah, this is, this is worth your time watching it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like that part of, you know, making this film or any other is going to be really difficult for anybody because it's such a fine line of like, is this real or is it not? Right. Like this just made me feel like fast and furious all over again. Right. Like I don't condone street racing, but I went to the street races when I was younger. Like it was, it was real, right? Like that, that stuff that they showed was it existed, but it didn't exist in the way that like Honda civics are, you know, sliding underneath big rigs on the freeway, stealing their (laughs) DVD players. So you've got to, yeah, I mean, you've got to, you've got to like blow it up to make it a a movie. I get that. But you also don't at the same time, if you, if you develop the characters more, if you, you know, develop the storyline a little bit more and, and let us, let us fall in love with characters, right? Like that's the key. And I think you can't, you can see how, that happens through the course of the fast and furious movies. But like this being like the kind of first of, you know, assuming this is like the, this was like the first, uh, you know, they sold the first season 
of this series and they're they're trying to work trying to get the money to do a second season and hopefully get re-upped it just it fell short for me in a lot of ways but i also feel like as somebody who's into sneakers the benefit that this brings and putting it on like a, a more massive platform like netflix it's almost like you know how 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 much like it's almost like when when Jacques was on uh, Jeff Goldblum's show on Disney, right? Mm-hmm. That is such a beautiful thing to me because you're getting in front of, you know, mainstream, you know, out in the burbs, mom and dad are seeing it and thinking, wow, this is really cool. Now I finally understand a little bit about what my kid is about. And I think that's what they were going for in this, but they are also trying to play it up to be they're almost like trying to dramatize the the resale game but the resale game doesn't work in that it does in a lot of ways but it like people don't i don't know it, it was just there was just a lot of a lot of misses for me There's and no community where it's like you're showing up to meet somebody where the shoe you're paying 500 dollars over retail for like now you're buying that off of some goon on the black <laughs> black market or I think StockX. You're buying it off some honestly some fourteen year old white dude. <laughs> no, but but I think it's like if you think about like Supreme, right? Supreme in LA, it's even though it doesn't seem like it because most people that are in line are there to just buy a bunch of stuff and make their money and flip it online. The people that line up see each other every time they're there. Once a week they're there they're trying to get their stuff, you know, pre-COVID, obviously. But, like, you know, people are lined up at these places all the time. Like, I live in a few blocks away from from these places. I don't, like, you know, go line up for things. But I went into Flight Club and the Hundreds and Supreme. Like, any time there wasn't a line, I would stop in and just see what was going on, right? Or mm-hmm. I would just go grab coffee or ice cream from one of the places on the block. And that's kind of, like, the way I think – they should have portrayed it right like it should have been something that's like more far reaching than reselling shoes that connects all these people and then the resale story and the chasing of the jordan zero which we've got to get into uh becomes a part of it right and and that's the that's the challenge is like they i feel like they miss the mark on a lot of those things but i don't know it's well there was things that just didn't they could have done better, which I'm very surprised. Like I, I didn't know until we talked beforehand that this was actually like a complex-ish production. But there were certain shoes, like if I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and watch it again. But I'm pretty sure he was buying a Jordan 4s from the store, but they gave him a Jordan 1 box. It was just some weird stuff going on. Like, guys, at least get the boxes right for these shoes. Uh, well, it, I mean, I, so that's And this is where it's like they can't win, right? Because – for somebody who doesn't know about sneakerheads and they clicked on a show that says sneakerheads, the Jordan 4 box, I guess there is a big red jump man on the top of it, which is pretty darn recognizable. But it, the Jordan 1 box is pretty like, this is a Nike shoe. This is like, you know, it just like really screams. Yeah, you know what box it is. I mean, if you're into sneakers, you know what box it is, I should say. Yeah, but if you're not into sneakers, you just see, ooh, that box says like Nike on it and really exactly. big black and red it's like that's got to be something cool and like back to what nick was saying the reason why the jeff goldblum Cousteau thing worked was because he was showing jeff what it's all about mm-hmm. this tv show breaks the fundamental rules of good storytelling is show don't tell and this sneakerhead showed is like tells you everything that's yeah. why the lingo doesn't really connect to me either because I don't talk like that. I don't have those kind of conversations. So like, you're just telling me things I don't get. And as a sneakerhead, it's kind of alienating me because I read it as inauthentic when really I'm just reading the dialogue wrong. But if you were to show me the interactions more, like maybe instead of telling me 15 times that he averaged Devin averaged 15 points or X amount of points in high school wearing that shoe, the Jordan four, yada, yada. It's like show a montage or something or like a flashback flashback, yeah, with the shoe, like something that like 
gets like this visually puts together, oh, he really likes that shoe. And then also introduces you front to it outside of just the computer screen. So it's just mm-hmm. like so many missed opportunities to like show instances and said they take the easy route and explain the hell out of it. Well, and what makes the show worse and spoiler, I'm going to tell you the end of the show is that. So the whole show revolves around him trying to get this shoe. Um, you want to get to Jordan four because just what Robbie said, he has this special connection with it. Cool. We all have that shoe that we have a special connection with. I, that was probably the only part I connected with like, Oh, cool. Yes. There are certain, certain shoes I want to buy because I have just an emotional attachment to them. Cool. I got it. That was probably the most normal sneakerhead thing in the show. Now, what irritates me is that it went from him trying to get this one shoe to blowing five grand on a storage unit that doesn't, that had all left shoes in the box to them trying to find this Jordan zero, which I don't know why they wouldn't just call it the airship, but that's a whole, we'll get on that in a second. And from there, ended up in Tokyo to get this shoe to not being able to sell the shoe to a perfect pair because he didn't care about it anymore. To him never resolving his $5,000 debt that his wife's like, hey, who used our Discover card for $5,000? And he's like, oh, that wasn't me. I never mean, resolves this debt. Spends another $300 on the shoes by the end of the show. Goes home like nothing ever happened. And it's never resolved. He has spent the grand total of at least $5,300, not including the expenses of being in Hong Kong for a freaking day, which logistically made no sense. Like... <laughs> It literally boggled my mind and nothing was resolved at the end of the show. Like they had this freaking pair of looks like, I don't know what they were. Like, honestly, I have no idea what shoe that was. I, if it was an airship, it, it did not look like one of me. It was just stupid. And I, I don't know. It just, there was a lack of resolution, which bothered me. I don't know if you're trying to set up for a second season, but it, it didn't make sense because the wife's looking for the husband she runs into the, the girl Gia. They have it out when they end up going hunting for a purse together. No resolution because she ends up buying it like a thousand some odd dollar purse. And now they're in the hole for at least $6,300. Like there's no resolution. It's all problems. So there's an easy, there's an obvious solution. You're just missing it, Mike. <laughs> what? They're all like stupid. They just won the charge back from Discover and they didn't have to worry about the five grand anymore. <laughs> Yes, because it's never brought up again. <laughs> Literally, and what makes it worse is that so in the beginning of the shoe, uh, shoe, shoe, been in the show, you see Bobby with King Batch's character in shoe surgeons like sneaker school, his, his design school or customizing school, whatever it is. Basically, Dom's like your actual trash. Like the whole show, he's literally ignoring him the entire like flashback and him in this in the class. But the last scene of the show is him with King Batch trying to customize this apparent like one of five shoe ever made. So what was the point of this? If you're going to cut the shoe up and now I, I don't understand what happened. He wants to be rich from the shoe, but it turned into him. Like, I'm going to just cut this thing up by the end. So there's a few things that I think might possibly explain that. But before I do have to give them credit. There's a scene where they go, grab pizza from delicious pizza. If you've ever, if you're ever in LA, go to delicious pizza. It's, uh, it's on Adams Culver city area there. I think there's one in Hollywood somewhere, but go to the one on Adams. It's it's more real. Um, and it's actually, uh, it was founded by like one of the founders of delicious vinyl. So if you're a hip hop fan, you definitely are familiar with, you know, some of the groups that were on delicious over the years. But anyway, I think, I think the, I think what happened is, so I was looking up a little bit about this on IMDB, the writer of the show, the creator of the show is uh, the guy that wrote uncle or wrote one of the writers for uncle drew. Right. I don't know if he Mm -hmm. was the only writer, but so looking at IMDB, he, so he, he was the, the sole writer for, uh, uncle drew which is pretty dope so one he's gonna get the go-ahead on this sneakerheads thing much easier than most other people that would try to write a film about sneakers right and 
I have no, I don't know him. Maybe we could get him on the podcast. That'd be kind of dope. Um, but I don't know what his background is, but I assume that like he's connected enough. Then I started looking into IMDb a little bit more and it looks like he basically wrote the first and the last episodes of this, which makes me think that he probably had a story written and it was probably one, you know, one film that needed to be stretched out or, or whatever. And however Netflix and complex came in, they probably said, well, this has got to be like a six episode series. That's how everything is successful now is by dropping, you know, five, six, 10 episodes right out the gate. So he, he probably worked with them, but there's probably a lot of, you know, kind of disconnect between let's say, you know, episode one and episode six, where you might not have consistencies, especially if the writers aren't the same across them and all of that. So I think maybe that could be a part of it. I'm not defending. I'm just more just trying to think logically about like why some of the disconnects could happen. But I I do think that like the, you know, the idea of $5,000 for a storage unit full of, of, you know, old shoes or somebody's collection, that's really common, right? Like I've looked at purchase and storage units before, I definitely know of other people who have done that before. I don't know about the, you know, girlfriend burning all of the right shoes. People need to get, people need to really just learn how to communicate with their significant other. But we'll, we'll not get into therapy sessions on here, but I do think that that whole concept of, Oh, I know about something and I'm going to go show up, especially in LA is very common, right? Like, yeah. you know, everybody knows about everything and, you know, less people take action, but there will always be people going after the things that you're going after when you're in a city of millions of people. And let's say on the conservative side, tens of thousands, which probably realistically is hundreds of thousands of them are sneakerheads. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly, I, you know, knowing how it's going to end and like you said, leaving it kind of hanging and not feeling like there was a resolution, you know, it, it, it feels like they're trying to stretch it into more. Um, but I'll probably watch the next couple of episodes and, you know, just kind of just because, but I do think that, I do think that there's going to be, you know, you know, it's, it's been in the top, whatever on Netflix for a while since it came out. So I would assume that there's plenty of opportunity for them to do more. Um, I'm sure they will. I mean, yeah. And related, like, yeah. And, and I know there's other people working on sneaker films right now too. And I think, you know, just making sure that you have people there to make sure that there's authenticity to it, that you're not missing the mark on some of the more important things, because it's, it's a much different thing. You know, I've, I've talked to, you know, directors and I've talked to, um, you know, people from some of the TV station, the, the TV stations that are, you know, more network uh, type where they're, they're more of like a hands-on, you know, they create series for, I don't know, say like Discovery Channel or something like that. Um, and I've talked to people in, in you know, full on, you know, studios about sneaker films. And I think that this is just like finally a, a, a tip, a tiptoe into the, the, the mainstream, right? I think yeah. there's been plenty of, of attempts at, at sneaker, you know, sneakerhead shows like we were talking about before we started recording. There's sneakerheads with a Z that came out in 2015. Um, I mean, you might even be able to throw Uncle Drew on there, 2018. <laughs> there was, uh, I think, uh, you know, like a couple of documentary styles, like Just for Kicks and, um, Another one you were talking about, Mike. I can't remember what you said it was called. Yeah, it was called Kicks. It was more of like a more of actual drama. Just that happened. That part of the plot point was about sneakers, but again, that was done in a different fashion. I thought it was a very well done movie. It was really good, but it wasn't one that's gonna be like, oh, I want a sneakerhead. I want to see it. They probably saw the title and started watching. It's like, oh, this isn't just all about sneakers and moved on. Yeah, and I think um, you know. That kicks was was that was the one that was set in Oakland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there was that. That was 
you know, 20. Movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. 2016, 17. Uh, I mean, there was there was also a, uh, a movie called Gook in 2017, which was about a couple of Korean brothers that ran a shoe store in Los Angeles during the um, like Rodney King era, which is really good. Um, Definitely. I actually thought that movie was really good. You know, it's it's not as sneaker heavy. The story is really good, and the the acting was, was I thought was pretty good. Um, just the whole idea of that movie was is worth watching if you haven't checked it out. But Robbie, you were going to say something. Sorry. No, I mean, I was just kind of thinking from the two documentaries he's brought up, and then like the Tinker one from that one Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Um, is it just me, or as someone that likes shoes, is it all kind of one big? rendition of what i live or like someone trying to explain what i collect to me like i don't even think of them as like different documentaries they all blur together and like i don't know i guess it's the same way that like have you ever seen that toys documentary series on netflix yeah barbie etc like any hardcore G.I. Joe fan is watching that and like scoffing, like yep. amateurs. So it's like the, the same way we watch these kind of things and we're like, huh, you used the wrong box, you damn fool. <laughs> whatever situation, it's like whatever hardcore fan of what you're trying to describe a niche to a mass of people, like you're going to, whoever is like in the know already or living that life. It's just going to scoff at it and think this is the most dumb thing I've ever seen. Like, have you seen my Power Ranger collection? Have you seen it? This guy's collection is nothing. It's like whatever like, you nothing. could have. It's just like we're all jaded in that sense. And we think like our opinions and all humans do this. We're human. Like the way we just think our outlook is typically like the outlook of the world. And to varying degrees of that we get caught up in like the conception of this is dumb. This is explained wrong. Um, this isn't for me. I don't like how this is when you have to think about it, like a niche, a niche topic is hard to explain to like a Netflix subscriber base. And that's how big a couple billion people, like hundreds of million people have Netflix account. So I mean, it's, it's hard. So I, I, I hate on it, but I have to give it like a bit of this, like, okay, it is what it is because you're trying to get a point across to a big net, like a wide reaching net of people. I mean, so the, the best way I can explain what you just said is that I started in like sneakers, you know, like getting into sneakers. I've been in sneakers for, I don't know, since the you know late eighties, but like, working in the sneaker business in some regard i've been doing it since i think 2007 or so and i still don't think that i can one i don't think my parents fully have a concept of any kind of what i do and two i don't think i could actually explain to them what i do in layman's terms you know i think that that's the type of person you're talking about that's a netflix subscriber and you know anybody that makes an attempt at doing this it's it's going to be super challenging because you're trying to tell a story about a thing sneakers or like you said toys or whatever and inevitably you're never going to understand that like you know, I have friends that go hunt Hot Wheels for me when I can't find the ones I'm looking for. And they'll go grab them for me and, you know, cross the country and mail them to me. Same thing with sneakers, right? Nobody's going to understand like, wait, you guys have a podcast and then people help you find the shoes you're looking for on some Discord, a server. Where's the server at? You know, like the, <laughs> the, server? the, the, well, the idea of all that stuff for like my parents or grandparents and it's nothing against them. This is everybody that that's not super passionate about something and lives on the internet. Right. But like trying to tell those stories in a way that's entertaining, trying to tell them by myself is challenging 
But trying to tell a story that conveys that would be challenging for anyone, you know, and I, I think that's the thing for me, like you said, it really is like an impossible task. And I think that these are the types of things that are stepping stones to create, you know, more entertaining and more accurate narratives in some respect. You know, this is super detailed about sneakers and, you know, people aren't going to really understand it outside of sneakers, but they might find a little bit of it entertaining. The other flip side of that, just to go back to Fast and Furious as a, as a comparison, even if you start with like Hondas and, you know, racing, street racing and, you know, stealing DVDs and all that stuff. A lot of this, a lot of the themes that are in that movie did exist. A lot of the, you know, violence probably existed in, in a lot of places, the, the betting and the gambling and all that stuff existed, but like, you're never going to stay at that level with the storyline because you want the cars to be jumping and flipping and blowing up and you want action and guns and, shooting people and you can have any beer any brew you want as long as it's a corona they're going like to space those, this time, by yeah. the way. what's that they're going to space this next one so exactly i mean God, it opens a corona on the moon i quit this series forever i mean nah just send me to send me the moon i'll drink a corona with you on the moon that's cool like, no no <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's the thing is like it, it has to get it has to like look past us as cons- as a like dedicated diehard sneakerhead consumer in order to be entertaining to the masses. And that's why it really truly is like an impossible task. And I mean, I, I wasn't like offended by anything in it. I mean, I, as somebody who lived in LA and, you know, went to flight club and definitely went to, you know, delicious pizza in the same day, probably like it's a pretty realistic, at least to a certain extent, realistic lifestyle. Um, I don't have, you know, remote sliding doors on my element, but you know, maybe I can step up my dad's game and get some Toms and, uh, get a, get a spot in the sequel. Right. <laughs> I think we should get a, uh, I feel like we should get a cameo in the, uh, the next season. Just, just cause. Right. They just don't cause. even shout out any podcasts. Well, I mean, right. I haven't, I'm not through it all. So maybe they do, but no, they, they, they don't. I'm trying to think the only other, like I say, uh, yeah, a couple of personalities in this show, but I don't think they shout out podcasts. Complex is the only thing they really show, but it's like that quick snippet of that, like the sneaker closet that they set up for perfect pair. Yeah. So, and I, and no, I think really, like, you know, it's cool to see Kenny in there. I think like he's one of like, I've said this before, but he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And he's always been really cool with me. Um, I know a lot of people hate on him just because he has a lot, but it's, it's a really it's really interesting to try and tie in people within the community too. Right. Like that's the way you're trying to make it legit. And I think, you know, not to, not to pick on Paul Pierce again, but like Paul Pierce, I don't know, man, you should have gone with PJ Tucker. That would have made more sense. Man, Paul Pierce couldn't even get his shoes to release in men's sizing. Well, that's, that's actually an interesting point. I I know he didn't want it to. I know. On this, okay. I think we Paul. need to get Paul Pierce on so we can talk to him about oh. that. Let's just yeah. it's, it's cool. It's cool. We don't need to. So <laughs> I've met Kenny on the fanboy side twice. And just to Nick's point, like he sat there and chopped it up with me for a good like 15 minutes twice. Like, Wait, Paul oh, Pierce? What's up? Paul Pierce? No, Kenny. Oh, Kenny, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait a second. I feel like this conversation didn't go well with no. you and Paul Pierce. <laughs> I know. I can see Robbie, Robbie showing up to interview Paul Pierce in a full Lakers getting wheelchaired in. That was so funny. It would be a 30-second-long interview. I'd be in a full Laker garb, and about eight seconds in, I'd be like, Boston sucks ass, and it would just be dead silence. I would just look at him, deadpan in the face. He would get up, and I'd just be sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, but so, like, to the Kenny point, super great guy. It's just, like, maybe it's not the best show, but it has good people. Like, throughout the world, there's good people in bad places. So, like. (laughs) True. (laughs) You know what? 
sneakerhead producers, whoever you are, just let us consult. We don't need to be on it. Let's let us consult so we can <laughs> get you tweaked a little bit the right direction. Right. It's but I mean like I don't think that's ever going to change just for like to the point of like trying to describe something to I mean like TV life is never going to be real life. That's why there's never been a realistic um, hospital show, right? You know how many people, how many hospital, how many shots at a hospital show they've had to get that accurate and they just <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I always thought my life would turn out to be like Entourage or Robin Big, but I don't know what happened. Man, I thought I, it's funny. Okay, so on, we're getting towards the end, but on the Entourage, I wanted my life to be like Entourage so bad until I was like 22, 23. And now at like 31, I look back and I'm like, that's such a stupid fucking lifestyle. <laughs> Entourage, it, it doesn't age as well with you. Let's put it that way. A lot of big lifestyles what I wanted when I was a teenager. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Then I'm like, dude, I don't think I would have survived till I'm like 25 with all the nonsense they were doing. I want the Roseanne lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled? <laughs> So no, 90s Rose. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh no, I forgot. I meant like the, I meant the good Roseanne, the old Roseanne. Pre two thousands Roseanne. I'm talking nineties. I don't want to be canceled. No, thank you. So I'm gonna just say, if you're into sneakers, you should watch a couple episodes of this, even if it's just you know, even if it's just for a laugh. But yeah. also, asterisk on that, trigger warning, you are going to see somebody play tennis in some Oregon Duck Jordan 4s. So mm. it is what it is. Then throw them over the fence, just I, FYI. It's, the mistreatment is real. Yeah, the mistreatment is real. Uh, um, I don't know. what. Like, Obviously, you finished it, Mike. Robbie, you didn't. Let's, <laughs> let's say on a scale of 1 to 10 or 5 popcorns, what is it? Like going out of five popcorns, uh, I'm giving it out of five a, a two. Unrated. Robbie's like, I'm not even taking the bag out of the out of the package. <laughs> Staying as kernels. <laughs> no, it's like no, it's like when you order something from Amazon and then you find it that you already had the thing at the house like 20 minutes after ordering it. So it comes to the crib and you don't even open it. You just put it back. <laughs> In the mail, I'm like, I already have this. <laughs> I don't want this anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, say that because I bought an HDMI cable last night, and then this morning I found an HDMI cable. I'm like, motherfucker. So, or, or if you're like me that. and you order something, but don't know what you did with it, and you <laughs> have to go to Amazon and look at your orders to see if you actually ordered it. Yeah, I've done that. Nick, I feel like drunk ordering stuff. I don't know. <laughs> The crazy thing is I haven't really had much to drink in a very long time. So it's, it's even crazier to me that I'm drunk ordering stuff. <laughs> oh, but, man. I mean, the so part about Donald Trump. He's like, he's not even on cocaine. It's like, <laughs> this is natural for him. Yeah. <laughs> so I probably give it a three, two and a half to three, somewhere in there out of, out of five. Um, I, I, I do think it's worth watching. If you can't, you'll know in the first, like, 15 minutes if you're going to watch the rest of it or if you're just going to be like nah this shit ain't it so <laughs> I'd already committed so I just like you know what I started I have to know how it ends and it didn't end yeah see now, and now that I know that I'm just going to be pissed but I still got to watch it anyway yeah it's like he's, you're kind of drawn in he's like you know what I've started this nonsense at least you know finish it you know <laughs> yeah. what if you want to watch anything sneaker related on TV is download the YouTube app and go watch Mike. There you go. Yeah, there you I, go. I can use the views. Help me. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. Uh, my name is Nick Ingvall. You can follow me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms. N-I-C-K-E-N-G-V-A-L-L. Uh, more importantly, follow these guys. Let them know how they can find you. Yep. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789 on YouTube at Mike Guillory, and of course, always around on sneakerhistory.com. Robbie, what about you, sir? You can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Right on. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. Bye. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. 
Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.